Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. This is a Vault Studios production. I'm Reed Redmond. I'm Will Johnson. The show contains graphic material and is meant for mature audiences. This week on True Crime Chronicles. Not having my older sister there to vent to and just talk about just life and boys and my marriage. And um, it's just been a very open gap um, that can obviously never be filled. There's a lot of emptiness in the family. You know, there's a lot of, we try to hold each other together. It's all we can do. None of it makes any sense. Um, I just want them to look at it from a scope from, from our perspective. Um, and just if you do know something, to please speak up. Well, you, you do your own conclusions. You do your own dreaming uh, at night when you're sleeping. And you have, I have dreams of where she might be. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. Every year, family and friends of Courtney Stauffer gather to float down the Satara Creek in Pennsylvania. It's a chance to remember Courtney and what she loved doing most. This is the 10th year. We're trying to make it as big and um, awesome for her as we possibly can. There has not been anything new, but we hope through this and keeping her name alive and the story alive and her case alive that somebody will eventually come forward um, and give our family closure that we deserve. This year marked the 10th anniversary of Courtney Stauffer's disappearance. She would be 29 years old now. Floating is, was not, uh, one of her favorite things to do. She loved, uh, she was a, very much a nature person. It makes my heart and my, and my dad and my mom and our whole family's hearts just so happy to see everyone out here and come out and support, support us and support her case. Just float for a little bit and um, it just gets me a chance to just reach out to her spare a little bit and talk to her. Just complete strangers who didn't know her at all that just come and, and support us um, and her is just the most amazing feeling to us um, to see the support and the love and that people still care even 10 years later. After a day of floating on the river, the family invites everyone to their farm for dinner and more memories of Courtney. Anybody and everyone is welcome. It uh, doesn't matter if you knew her or if you didn't know her. We welcome every single human that gives our family support. It's also a chance to keep her case alive and keep asking questions. We just want some closure for our family, and uh, we want to know what happened to Courtney. Alyssa Kratt is a reporter for WPMT Fox 43 in York, Pennsylvania. So Courtney was living at the time in Palmyra, Pennsylvania, which is in Lebanon County, um, she was 21 years old at the time that she went missing. 
Krant paid a visit this past summer to the apartment where Courtney Stauffer was last seen over 10 years ago. There's a couple businesses across the street. It's, you know, your typical, uh, it's a busy road, busy main street. Um, there was a restaurant across the street and I believe a hardware type store maybe. And then uh, her apartment, it was kind of like a split townhome type of deal connected to another house. So, I mean, it didn't, it wasn't a, a rough area to me. It didn't seem like it. I mean, Palmyra overall is a pretty nice area. It was July 28th, 2012, and Courtney was living on Main Street in Palmyra with her boyfriend, Brad Herr. Courtney was having a party at her apartment. They were reported by, I'm assuming, neighbors for underage drinking during that party. And so there were numerous run-ins with the police throughout the next several hours. Uh, Courtney was the only one who was 21 years of age at the time. Her boyfriend was not only under 21, but he was also on house arrest and under the supervision of probation. Um, So when the police came, kind of broke up the party, her boyfriend was taken into custody for a probation violation. Uh, Two other people were cited for underage drinking. And when authorities left the house um, on West Main Street in Palmyra, Courtney was the only person who was remaining in that apartment uh, when police left. But the evening didn't end there for Courtney. An hour or so later, she received texts from a couple other, uh, I don't even know if I would call them friends. They were, from what her dad had told me, more acquaintances uh, who were going out drinking in the area. And so she met up with uh, this couple um couple of people one of the guys names who will come up again is Cody Pruitt um and so she went out with them to the Harrisburg area to go to a few bars she ended up leaving her own car uh at the gas station kitchen and bar and then rode into Harrisburg with other friends in the early hours of the morning close to 2 a.m witnesses say Courtney had an altercation with another person at a Harrisburg bar and was asked to leave by security Courtney would eventually reunite with her group of friends after leaving the bar. So Cody Pruitt, uh, who was this guy who was one of the people she was with, he was the designated driver for the night, uh, and he was driving someone else's car. So Pruitt took Stauffer back to her, um, to where her car was at another bar in Hummelstown, and then he followed uh, Courtney back to her apartment in Palmyra to make sure that she got home okay. Uh, so they didn't get to her, back to her apartment until 3 a.m. But back at her apartment, police say Courtney and neighbors got into a verbal altercation. So then the neighbors were saying to the police that Courtney was making threats towards them um, and that Cody Pruitt was also with her and causing some problems. Um, the neighbors were yelling. Uh, she was. They were saying that Courtney was being loud, unruly, Um you know, saying that she was under under the influence of alcohol during this time. Now, from the sounds of it, it just seems like she was going out, probably letting off some steam. And, you know, it ended up being this kind of tumultuous night where she was got into all these arguments with neighbors. I mean, we're going into 4, 4.30 a.m., where police are coming, you know, in and out of this neighborhood because they keep getting called for, you know, threats being made, for screaming through the walls, all of these things they say, you know, were coming from Courtney's apartment. Eventually, things would quiet down, 
and Cody Pruitt ended up spending the night at Courtney's apartment. But in the morning, when he woke up, he would later tell police there was no sign of Courtney. He woke up the next morning uh, after all of this you know, yelling throughout the night, fighting, and he told police that when he awoke, Courtney was no longer in the apartment. Um, so he drove to a nearby gas station, um, and there is video from the gas station of Cody Pruitt being there at the time that he says it kind of, um, you know, corroborates his story. He was buying something. And at that time when he was at the gas station, he texted Courtney saying, Hey, what happened to you? And so then he tried texting Courtney again at 1236 in the afternoon. And then again at 158 in the afternoon and did not receive a response. And then Courtney failed to show up at the Lebanon County Fair where her family planned to meet her. It was not characteristic of Courtney because she was such an animal lover. The fair was a big thing for their family. Uh, They loved agriculture. It was very weird that she was not there. It was very, very much tradition that she wouldn't miss out on otherwise. She always went with her brother, her older brother, her grandpa, because they were showing cattle or goats. So that was kind of the, the big red flag that her dad took and reported her missing to the Palmyra police. When police showed up at her apartment the day she was reported missing, they found her car parked outside. Nothing seemed out of place, uh, but the weird thing was that all of Courtney's belongings were still there. Her purse was there, money, her cell phone, her shoes, her keys. Her dog was also there, which they said was very weird because she loved the dog more than anything. Uh, So I remember her sister saying that if anything, she would have taken the dog with her. On July 31st, Lebanon County detectives joined the investigation alongside Palmyra police. Courtney's apartment was secured, and detectives began interviewing family, neighbors, and friends who were with Courtney the night she disappeared. We want her to come home. And if somebody knows where she is, we want us to tell tell them to tell us where she is, because we want to bring her home. But there were no leads and no sign of the nature-loving, free-spirited 21-year-old woman. Family, friends, law enforcement, and several others combing through parts of Palmyra. I think today is about finding out where she's not so we can move forward with where she might be. 21-year-old Courtney Stauffer was last seen at 3.45 a.m. on July 29th. Close to her apartment in the 800 block of West Main Street, Wednesday crews searched a two-mile radius surrounding her home. Just to help out any way I can, that's, that's what we're here for. Scott Stauffer certain his daughter didn't just wander off. She loves her family too much. She's always in contact with her family, at least at least once a day with somebody. When asked what he did think happened, Stauffer said he couldn't comment. But the family attorney did confirm Courtney had an argument with someone that morning. Her dad and everyone here simply hoping for her safe return. We're still hoping she's out there wandering around, running something good, basically. Anybody out there has anything that they can offer to us. If there's a father out there that knows anything and has a daughter, I mean, that can relate to what I'm feeling and the pain my family's feeling, just make a call, help us out, help us get to Courtney and before something terrible could happen to her. In March 2014, just over two years since her disappearance, police say a friend came forward with a tip, suggesting she'd been killed in her apartment and her body dumped in a nearby lake. The tip led state police and volunteer divers to conduct a search of the lake on April 1st, 2014 with cadaver dogs and an underwater camera. Despite their best effort, the search by state troopers for Courtney Stauffer yielded no results. 
Oh, I know it's been tough for her mom and dad. Courtney's grandmother watched as troopers searched the lake for any sign of her granddaughter. She's been feeling the pain of not knowing what happened to Courtney since she disappeared from her Palmyra apartment in July of 2012. It's a feeling shared with Courtney's parents. They do need closure. I think that would help and help their pain. Troopers started searching around 9 a.m. and called it off around 2 p.m. I am very happy to see them out there. I'm very happy that all the people are taking an interest in finding her. The search ended without any findings and the case remained unsolved. Her family um, have their suspicions about who they think it might be. Um, but of course, it's not anything that, you know, there's any cold hard evidence um, to support. And, you know, that I'll never forget that her dad said, I mean, that the biggest, most suspicious lead he would have is the people who surrounded her that night, July 28th into the 29th. Biggest, most suspicious lead I would have is the people that surrounded her that night. And that's just common sense. They were the last people to see her, the last people to hear from her. Um, so I think that, you know, Courtney's family believes that there are people out there that know what happened to her and are not coming forward. There's some things that are believable, that I believe are factual. And it backs up some things that we learned early on. I just like to see it followed through. And I just try to get back to your life at the same time. You know, still trying to figure out where she's at. Her birthday's coming up. It'll be great to have some resolution to all this. Over the years, there have been numerous other tips, possible leads, but nothing that's led to a suspect. It's, it's frustrating. It's, it's sad. Uh, it's disappointing that we haven't been able to, to solve this incident. You know, I can tell you that that other than Courtney's family, I guarantee nobody wants to solve this more than we do in our office, uh, and we're going to keep trying to do that. At one point, a private investigator based in Florida even floated the idea that Courtney could have been the victim of a serial killer, one of 18 women who fit the profile of missing women or women who'd been killed between 2012 and 2014. Long blonde hair, blue or brown eyes, and 18 to 26 years old. That's what private investigator Bill Warner says links these 18 women together. I was getting concerned and I started putting this information out because to me it appeared to be a profile of a serial abductor who was looking for a particular type of young girl. Warner began looking into these cases in 2011 with missing women in Kentucky and Tennessee. He says the FBI is already investigating these as individual cases but wants them to look at it as a whole. Maybe somebody ought to take a step back here and look at these girls and look at the, the appearance of all these girls who look like sisters. It's like a, a family photo. While Lebanon County yeah, District yeah, Attorney yeah. Dave Arnold yeah. says Warner's theory is interesting, he doesn't find any truth to it. He has no factual link between any of these girls other than the fact that they all share some physical characteristics in terms of the, the blonde hair and the blue eyes sort of thing. Arnold says in no way should people feel this is all the act of one person. If we had any indication, I mean any indication, uh, or any concern whatsoever about a serial killer or, or that sort of a thing taking place, we absolutely positively would let the community know about that so they could take the necessary precautions. Without any new information from investigators, Courtney's family focused on keeping her case front and center and her memory alive. We're at Courtney's parents' farm right now. Her dad says this is one of her favorite places. And it was the same place that a beautiful lantern release was held over the weekend. Now, the DA is not calling her case cold. However, investigators are no closer to figuring out what happened to her today than they were seven years ago. Pretty sure it was a prom. Um, 
junior or senior year. And then this she drew for me. One day she was a Yankees fan. She's like, she's like, Dad, hang this in your office. The pictures still hang around Scott Stauffer's office, but the beautiful reminders are painful scars for this dad. Yeah, yeah, I would I would give the world to hug her again. Do you think any of it was her walking and leaving? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. She would never put our family through this for the last seven years. I think someone did something to her. I think I think it's a matter of their conscience just got to eat them every day, you know. And one day it's gonna it's gonna break through. We're, we're gonna figure it out. I miss her spirit. I miss her happy-go-lucky spirit. Um, I miss my sister. It's really really hard seeing everybody else with their sisters, and I just don't have mine anymore. And I think another thing that her family mentioned to me was that. They were kind of, they think that, you know, that authorities could have done more, you know, in the very beginning, whether it was when she first went missing. Um, it seems like maybe some some steps weren't taken or, um, you know, things were missed. And I think her dad kind of feels like that that might have really hurt the investigation overall. Our hope is that someone comes forward, someone speaks up, because that's the only way that this case is going to be going to come to a close and give our family closure. We want our family to be at peace again. I miss her laugh. I miss her smile. She always brought so much joy to wherever she was. Courtney's case continues to be an active investigation, and she's listed in the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System database. A $100,000 reward still stands for information leading to Courtney's whereabouts.